Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Whatever time it is, thank you for tuning in to Reading to Feed the Mind, a podcast focused on discussing the various aspects of books. My name is Stacey Woods, and I will be your host for many fun and exciting podcasts. It is my belief that reading opens your mind to enhance ways of thinking and exploring things we otherwise wouldn't, which feeds your mind. With each podcast, we will discuss the books that I have read throughout my life, books that I hope to read in the future, the various formats available for reading, and other topics. We will have guest authors and will broadcast from book clubs and other book-related events. It is my hopes that each podcast will introduce you to an author, idea, or thought you had not had before. We want to always feed your mind. I have been an avid reader my entire life. I can always remember having a book near me during my playtimes. Being a nostalgic type of person, I love holding on to memorable things. And I still have the black and white hardback edition of the Real Mother Goose nursery rhymes. I remember my mother using those rhymes to help me learn to read. My mother made sure that I had books that she would read to me, and as I got older, books that I could read to myself. My first favorite author that I'm sure many will identify with is Judy Bloom and her infamous book, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. I cannot tell you how I love that book. And my mother gave it to me at a time when I was reaching my age of womanhood. And so I could really identify with a lot of things in this book. And then I read Blubber and Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing and a few others at that time that I could share with my classmates. We would all talk about it in elementary school, Judy Bloom and her books. And then as we entered the preached teenage years, we had read forever and we thought we were so grown being able to read the story of forever. Teenage love, your first loves. I also enjoyed the mysteries of Nancy Drew and Encyclopedia Brown and the warm stories of Heidi. Once in high school, I added V.C. Andrews to my list of favorite authors with her collection of books in the Flowers in the Attic series. And then with age and maturity, my list of authors grew, and I began to take a stronger interest in African-American authors. While in high school, I was introduced to authors such as James Baldwin, Maya Angelou, and Richard Wright, it wasn't until taking a Black literature class in college that I began to read authors such as Toni Morrison, Zora Neale Hurston, and Alice Walker, just to name a few. In 1992, after college, I became the co-founder of the Imani Literary Group, a book club dedicated to supporting African-American authors. It was an idea of my co-worker and friend, Rashida Sloan. Rashida was an expiring writer herself and loved books as much as I did. Rashida had a passion for there being more Black authors, not just those who were already established, she wanted to see more authors be accepted by publishers. Rashida felt it was hard for a Black author to be signed with the major publishing companies because, in all honesty, they didn't think Black people read. 
So Rashida felt that starting a book club focused on Black authors would be a way of contributing and supporting. Through the book club, my author list grew tremendously. My favorite author became, and still is to this day, J. California Cooper. We were one of the first book clubs to welcome Elin Harris, which was an introduction for us into self-publishing. And he will be a featured author in upcoming podcasts. My favorite author became and still is J. California Cooper. She was my introduction to an author that primarily published collections of short stories. I had not read any authors that did that, where instead of a full novel, one story based on several characters, you had a collection of short stories. Amazing, funny short stories. So given that she is my favorite author, I thought I would spotlight her on the first episode of Reading to Feed the Mind podcast. So a little bit about who she is. J. California Cooper is the pen name of Joan Cooper, born November 10th, 1931 in Berkeley, California, who initially started her writing career as a playwright. Before publishing her first novel, Miss Cooper wrote 17 plays and was named Black Playwright of the Year in 1978 for her play Strangers. It was under the encouragement of Alice Walker that J. California Cooper published her first collection of short stories in 1984, A Peace of Mind. The book was published by Wild Tree Press, which was a publishing company founded by Alice Walker. I could not find any information on their relationship, but having read both authors and knowing the story structures of both authors, I can imagine the relationship was one filled with many stories and ideas. I want to share some reviews which will give you more insight to who J. California Cooper was as an author. These reviews sum up everything that I feel, so I thought I would just share them with you. The first one was by Alice Walker. In its strong folk flavor, Cooper's work reminds us of Langston Hughes and Zora Neale Hurston. Like theirs, her style is deceptively simple and direct, and the veil of tears in which her characters reside is never so deep that a rich chuckle at a foolish person's foolishness cannot be heard. And that really sums up her short stories. I remember I was reading one story. I believe it was in a peace of mind. I could not find that story, but it was a story about a man who left his wife in pursuit of a better life. And oh my God, this man was so arrogant in his pursuit that he was going to have a better life. And so he leaves the country town he had been in for his entire life and goes into the city. And of course, as you would imagine, having resided in the country most of his life with little experience of a city life and going to a major city, he constantly got into situations that put him in the hospital named Mercy Care. And it was just so funny. He went through all of these different stories, different situations. He would get beat up and, or fall and have to go to the hospital just to end up going back home to his wife. So that was that foolish person's foolishness uh, that Alice Walker was referring to. So here's another one by poet Nikki Giovanni. Whenever I want to relax, 
I make a cup of good Egyptian coffee and I read or reread something by Jay California. She is my favorite storyteller. What a gift she has of painting such a truthful yet warm picture of us as humans. What a song she sings. And that really came out in the novel In Search of Satisfaction. Just a wonderful collection of stories. The last review I want to share was by Ms. Magazine. Cooper's stories beckon. It is as if she is patting the seat next to her, enticing us to come sit and listen as she tells complex tales about women, often poor women, chasing dreams of love, a house, and a family. Those three reviews that I've shared with you really sums up the bulk of J. California Cooper's writing. So if you're a person that loves to hear the stories that may remind you of stories that your parents or grandparents told you about or images that you have in your head about Southern families, rural families, families in the 30s, 40s, or 50s. These reviews summarize how she paints the pictures in her books. Although Ms. Cooper has written several books, all of which I have enjoyed, I am going to discuss one of her short stories collections, Some Love, Some Pain, Some Time, and my favorite of all, her novel, In Search of Satisfaction. So the first one that I'm going to share, I'll read the read just a brief description of Some Love, Some Pain, Some Time. Employing her characteristic themes of romance, heartbreak, struggle, and faith, some love, some pain, some time, is Cooper at her best. We meet Darlin, a self-proclaimed femme fatale who uses her wiles to try to find a husband. M. Lee, whose life seems to be coming to an end at the age of 40 until she decides to set out and see if she can make a new life for herself. Then there's Kissy and Buddy each of whom is trying and failing to find someone to fit them until they finally meet each other. And Aberdeen, whose daughter, Uniqua, shows her how to educate herself and move up in the world. These characters and others offer inspiration, laughter, instruction, and pure enjoyment in what is sure to be one of J. California Cooper's most popular collections of stories. That was from the insert of Some Love, Some Pain, Some Time. So what did I love about this book? I think I've said it already a couple of times. It's just the way she pulls the stories together and tells stories about people who you can visualize. People that remind us of our family and friends that we see every day. The cute story of Darlin. She's a self-proclaimed femme fatale. Darlin in this book, she was trying to find a man. She wanted to find a husband specifically. And what she would do is she put water on the stove and put seasonings in it to create this aroma. <laughs> and it smelled, you know, like she was cooking this really great meal. And sure enough, the man across the hall smelled it and tapped on the door and it opened up a conversation, which leads into a really great relationship. But my favorite story in this book was the story of Kissy and Buddy. As the description said, each were trying to find someone to fit them in their lives. And the cute thing about it was the fit them was that Kissy, being a petite woman, had a very large, whatchamacallit, 
That's what it was referred to. And so when she would meet a guy and they would, you know, have sex, the man wouldn't feel comfortable because she was, you know, because of her size. It was never a good fit, so to say. And then Buddy was on the opposite end of the situation. And his thing was he was so large that he was a turnoff for women. And so, of course, when these two meet, they end up being a perfect fit for each other. So that was a really (laughs) great story. J. California Cooper always amazed me with situations she could come up with in her short stories. And so this one is definitely on my list. And I would suggest that you put it on your list because the great thing about reading a collection of short stories is you're never pressed with finishing the book. You can pick it up, read one story and feel complete, although you haven't necessarily completed all of the stories in the book. And that was always a great idea. If you didn't always have time to put a lot of time into a book, you could always come back and pick up another story at a later time. So that was one thing about her collection of short stories that I loved. The next book that um, I want to talk about is In Search of Satisfaction. Again, she wrote several novels, Family, In Search of Satisfaction, um, The Matter is Life. But this one, when it comes to her storytelling and how she wrapped lessons in life and things that people go through in life, this In Search of Satisfaction was, in my opinion, her best display of her ability to do that. In Search of Satisfaction takes place in Yeovil, a legal township founded by the very rich for their own personal use. The history of the town is linked to one man, a freed slave named Josephus, who fathers two children with two different women. Ruth is born to a hardworking mother. She seems destined for a life of material poverty enriched by family. Yin Yang, Josephus' daughter by an alcoholic mistress, treads an uncertain path. She weaves in and out of spiritual awareness, alternately deceiving and being deceived by those who need her. And seeking the legacy left by their father, Ruth and Yin Yang pull each other, their families, and their Yeovil neighbors into a vortex of ever-powerful emotion. It follows the good and the bad where you have one daughter that's trying to live a good life and the other daughter that does things and makes decisions that she later has to face and suffer through for the rest of her life. If you've watched Tyler Perry's movie, The Family That Prays, it mirrors In Search of Satisfaction. And I always wondered if he got that idea from reading this book because they're very similar. You have, you know, one daughter that's hardworking, trying to live life right. Then you have another daughter that's just trying to get what she wants by any means necessary. And then how all of that culminates and comes to an end. The really great thing about this book is that we do. We're following the lives of the daughters when they're young and we see the things that they did in their lives when they were young, how it catches up with you in your old age. I remember after I finished this book, I felt like I had, I said I had more conviction in this book than than the Bible. 
And I know that that can be harsh to say, but it was just so much life lessons to pick up from, from this book. That's why I said that, that I I felt like I was like, oh my God, I just had more, more conviction and more wanting to live life right after reading this book. And I had the pleasure of meeting J. California Cooper shortly after I read the book. And there's a family in the book named the Befoes. And I asked her, I said, where did you get that name from? And she said, well, she took it from the Bible where you should, thou shall not put no man before me. And so that's how she came up with the Befoes. And I was just floored because the whole concept of this book, and it is a lot of the decisions that were made were somewhat of putting your desires before doing right or before God. So it was, she was just a wonderful, wonderful woman. We lost her September 20th in 2014, and she was the beautiful age of 83. And she was just such a peaceful and loving and wonderful woman. And no, I didn't know her, but when you read her stories and to have met her, it, it's just, you know, you felt like you were talking to your aunt. So... It was a beautiful experience and I cherish her books and I've passed them on. But um, she was a beautiful person and she left a legacy of books behind and that will forever live, although she's not with us anymore. Well, that brings us to the end of our first episode. I am truly excited. I have enjoyed sharing my favorite author with you as an introduction to my podcast. And I hope I have engaged you and enticed you to come back for more. For our next episode, we will discuss the latest book by two best friends and former plus size models, Virginia DeBerry and Donna Grant. The book will be better than I know myself. Thanks again for listening. Until we meet again, keep reading to feed your mind.